Welcome to the Everything Medical Wellness Podcast. Today, we have the opportunity to learn about the unique concept behind the St. Barnabas Health and Wellness Center in the Bronx, New York. Thanks to several grants, SBH Health is helping area residents, aiming to show that population health management can make a difference. Joining us from SBH Health are Dr. Manisha Kulshreshtha, Senior Vice President and Chief Clinical and Strategy Officer, Alvin Lin, Vice President of Ambulatory Care Transformation and Innovation, Albert Jogel, General Manager of the SBH HealthPlex. Our hosts today are Don Doyle, Senior Vice President of Center Operations for HealthPlex, and Ryan Barr, Assistant Vice President of Operational Support. Welcome to today's podcast of Everything Medical Wellness. Today, we are um, pleased and blessed to have the opportunity to sit with our St. Barnabas Health team that has really developed a cool project in the Bronx. Um, Their health system had a vision of a really mission-driven program, and we're excited to talk to three of the leaders today about how it came to be, our offerings today, and what they see for the future. So, Albert, I will start with you. You can do a self-introduction, Albert, as our HealthPlex employee there with the the boots on the ground for us as the GM of the facility. Hi, my name is Albert, and I am the general manager of the HealthPlex uh, facility at St. Barnabas. Um, About myself, I've been in fitness in some capacity or other for about 24 some years now. And truthfully, I just do my best to apply what little I've learned and try to find people that uh, have passion and drive to do what I can't do better uh, uh, on the front front lines. And thankfully, I think I've been able to come across a very talented group of individuals who are as committed um, as I am and everyone else involved in the project that give it their all. I'm going to direct my first question towards Alvin Lin, who is the um, Vice President of Ambulatory Care and Innovation at the hospitals. Alvin, tell our audience how the medical wellness journey began for St. Barnabas and you know how it is tied into the health system and you know to what you offer today okay great uh, great to be on the podcast and great to be a part of the team with albert and dr cool so sbh we've been a part of the boss community for about 150 years and we've adapted our approach over the years to uh, how we deliver care and the services we've offered uh, to the changing needs of our community um, one of our biggest focus areas is in improving our healthcare outcomes and, and healthcare factors for the, the Bronx. Unfortunately, we've been in the bottom 62 out of 62 counties. I think it's 10 years in a, in a row. It might be even more. Uh, and there are issues around health equity, structural racism, and our com- community is pretty complex. And, and what we're trying to do is not do the same thing over and over again. And so we're trying to do something different. And a part of that is, uh, I'll say, put our money where our mouth is. And and there's a healthcare reform around uh, aligning the incentives more. And there are different types of incentives around um, something called like upside only, downside only, and global capitation. These are healthcare complex terms, but essentially it's around, what it means is it's aligning incentives where instead of being instead of the hospital doing well when our patients are sick, we want to set it up so that we do well when our hospitals do well, and the, uh, I'm sorry, when our patients do well, so that that the healthier our patients are, the better our hospital does. And so that's that's where we signed up with this particular um, 
contract called the global capitation. And this is something that isn't uh, widely adopted yet across the U.S. by other hospital systems because it is a, a big risk and there are cash flow issues and, and you've got to make a lot of different changes. But that's something that us as being in the Bronx uh, and at SPH, we are committed to doing that. The other thing that's different about us is we're trying to take on a whole person uh, approach. And the concept there is that from a physical care standpoint, that's the medical services, that only drives about 15, 20% of our, our outcome. But the other parts, like the, the behavioral health, the, on, the environment, the social determinants of health, that actually makes a bigger impact. And so instead of just focusing on the medical services, we want to also focus on the other areas that have shown to drive an even bigger impact. And that's the kind of the genesis of our SBH health and wellness story. And so we had this parking lot that wasn't doing a lot for us. It's taking up. Um, it, it's great that it's a parking lot. We make some revenue from it, but it really doesn't fit in with the, the core mission. And so we went big on this and we gave up the parking lot and partnered up with a range of different um, organizations, one of which is a developer. So we said in exchange for the parking lot, uh, um, for, for the space here that's, that's um, limited in, in the Bronx, uh, we'll work with you. Uh, they developed two residential buildings. It's a mixed use, two residential buildings with 314 units of affordable housing, at least half of which has to be for people in the community. So this way we're not pushing people out. Mm -hmm. And then about 90, 95 units are reserved for the, what I call formerly homeless or uh, multi-visit patients. These are patients that uh, that get admitted into the hospital uh, repeatedly. And so we got the two residential buildings, low income. Then uh, we also got a shell of a, of a building. And that's, uh, that's where we, uh, we put in our, our clinical services. So we have the urgent care, we have our women, infant, children, pediatrics, women's health, and our radiology. And on our second floor is what we're calling our, our, our uh, non-traditional wellness services. That's where that's the HealthLex Fitness Center is located. We also have a culinary center and teaching kitchen. Then up on the rooftop, we have a, an urban farm there. So we grow uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. We have a greenhouse. We also have a beehive that, that's, that's relatively new. That's um, has bees that go out to to our, uh, we've got lot, lots of greenery with the Bronx Botanical Garden. And so we have these range of different services. And so what we try to do here is we try, instead of having co-located services, we try to put them together into something that we'll call the Healthy Living Initiative. And that's something that's, that's a program that is uh, led by our primary care providers and has a component with the fitness center, has a component with the food pantry, the fit, the farm stand, the um, the bee, and the, the teaching kitchen where we take um, our produce that's grown upstairs. And, and, and um, we teach our patients how to eat and, and cook healthier. Really cool. So I, I've been fortunate. I've you know, followed this unique you know, mission-driven project from the beginning. But can you share what what you feel as the actual medical wellness center, what its main purpose is for your community? So our, um, I think in, align, in alignment with 
us as being a, a community service. What we want to do here in the Wellness Center is to empower our community. And, what, and we try, we're trying to uh, instill a, a lifelong culture of wellness and self-empowerment. So helping them understand what it takes to be physically active, eat healthy, take care of themselves so that they don't get sick enough to have to come to the hospital. So it's it's kind of a, a different approach, preventive approach. And I think that type of approach has uh, implications that, that impact different generations. So we're able to uh, uh, drive changes in the kids and the families and the grandparents. And I think that will pay dividends over the, the years to come. Dr. Carl, I'm a general manager for a club down on the coast of Mississippi, and we've had lots of luck with um, exploring different ways to integrate our medical wellness center th- with with the changing of the reimbursement models and things like that. So, with healthcare's changing landscape in regards to reimbursement, you know, like like I said, Healthplex Associates has seen growth in the medical wellness industry and in how we do these things and how we are changing with them. And with a center being as mission driven as yours, um, can you share how the center has? supported the efforts to assist your market and and are you finding that as an advantage in today's reimbursement landscape absolutely let me introduce myself a little bit ryan as well so i'm uh, dr manisha kultreshta i'm an internal medicine physician by training been at sph now for over 25 years so i've been here for quite some time and our hospital is very mission driven i think most most institutions are they want to help their community they want to do the right thing by their community um, we have the advantage of being here for a very long time, as Alvin mentioned. Um, it's been over 150 years, closer to 155, 156. And I think we're the longest uh, f- hospital facility that's been in the Bronx, continuously operating under its own umbrella. So I think that's one thing that's really very cool about us, too. Um, we try to serve our communities the best we can. What's interesting about our hospital is we're very, what I call, hyper-local. Most patients who are in this zip code come to our hospital because they, they feel that this is their hospital. Um, to that end, as the healthcare landscape has been changing more from acute care to wellness, as Alvin mentioned, as you mentioned as well, Ryan, we really wanted to make sure we were doing enough for our community. Um, we have set up the Health and Wellness Center just solely for that purpose. I think with reimbursement, to your point, Insurance companies have definitely, including CMS with Medicaid and Medicare, have definitely looked at wellness more than they have acute illness. We're still straddling both, I think, at this time. They're still looking at acute care metrics as far as how many hospitalizations we have, what our CMI is, which is our case mix index. That means how sick our our patients are when they come in. But they are starting to focus on wellness, which is a really great thing. I think it's a blessing because it's not all about someone who's sick. It's about how you keep them out of the hospital, how you keep them well. And these programs that we have with our teaching kitchen, with the HealthPlex, does exactly that. Our primary care providers, I think, are the best attuned to make sure that the right patients come to our facility, that they come to our teaching kitchen, they come to our health plex, that they understand that wellness is a way of life. It's not something that you go on a diet for on New Year's resolution for like a week and call it, that's it. This is something that you're doing for a while and consistently. Um, The one thing I will say with the Healthy Living Initiative that we've had, we've been able to retain quite a few of our patients and they continue to come in. The others, it is hard. I mean, I think it's just like when you take medications, when you try to control your diabetes or your high blood pressure, 
It takes time. It takes effort. It takes a sense of change and understanding that your lifestyle has to change. To that end, Albert and his team have been phenomenal. They make you come back in like once, twice, three times a week. We've had such success stories because even with um, patients who could not walk up the stairs, our health plex is on the second floor. Obviously, we do have an elevator, but we also have a fantastic uh, set of stairs that go upstairs. Very, very wide, very inviting. And we've had quite a few patients who have not been able to climb the stairs up to the helplex, but after their sessions at the helplex, they're now able to climb the stairs, which is in itself an amazing thing. In the Bronx, we have many walk-ups. We do not have elevators in many of our buildings, which means if you know second, third, fourth, fifth story walk-up, you carry your groceries up and some we have patients who stop at every level because they just can't make it anymore. And one of the success stories through our Healthy Living Initiative that's that they could walk up all four flights of their stairs in one go with their groceries, which is little things that add up to a lot. But when you start seeing those changes, which take time, it, it, it does make an impact. Um, insurances have been have been um, good with providing incentives for you know better A1C management, which is when you have a control of diabetes, with better blood pressure management, with loss of weight. You know, all that really goes towards what the initiatives are. Can they do more? Absolutely. I think they should fund these projects as well. They should fund it up to a certain extent so that all the patients in in the in the healthcare system are able to 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 make use of these resources. Where we are located is predominantly a Medicaid or managed Medicaid. Um, patients um, insurance that we that we take in our facility, um, they don't get as many resources at their beck and call as other um, payers do provide, I should say. And so I think this has been one really important effort by our CEO, by the hospital. And we're also including a lot of our, our um, community-based organizations to come and walk through, see what we offer and try to hook up with them to make sure the patients in our community understand that even if they aren't our own patients at SBH, they can still be referred, they can still come to the health plex, they can still sign up for class at the, at the teaching kitchen and hopefully have a better lifestyle from there on as well. Because in the end, all it's gonna do is reflect on their health and, and, and keep them well. That's the most important right. thing. Right. Boy, I wish right. our listeners could see you guys right now, because the passion you have when you talk about this project is just so mm -hmm. cool. I, you guys should really be proud of what you uh, brought to the community. I'm going to involve Albert, the, the GM of the facility. Can you talk about the hospital team there, the health system there has been a, a partner and how you've created you know, the pathway to get the patient population in and maybe some of the unique programs you have that support some of the patient populations? Sure. Um, I think probably the best way for me to start is by simply going back to what everyone's been echoing. This is truly a collaborative effort. And I, I can't, uh, in good faith, take any, uh, you know, any type of uh, claim to have done anything. I've worked with people here who work because they, they want to be here and they want to help. Um, so going back to your actual question, I think that everything happens at the crossroads and in the places where people tend to overlook. And those are those little things that Dr. Cole just mentioned, the bigger things that Alvin in started out. And we made in the middle primarily because we listened to the community. And as far as how uh, I've been able to integrate, well, the doctors are available. We meet weekly, bi-weekly. The HLI initiative, if I recall correctly, you know, before it became formal, I started as just a random series of conversations with Dr. Machiavello, who happened to be someone I was training at the time, and those conversations developed, and obviously were, for, were part of a much larger project that dates back 
before all of us, and it's certainly uh, Dr. Cole and Alvin have been more intimately involved with. So, you know, those programs are easy to materialize when people were willing to try to give something a chance. And I think the one thing that they all have been in uh, pilots in that in real time, we've had to make you know, course corrections, because we don't really know what's going to ultimately work. But what has been consistent are the little stories that are beginning to, in my mind, accumulate into a cohesive story. You know, pretty much everyone that's come to the center and has been remaining engaged in some capacity with us, whether that's through nutrition services, through the health lists, through a combination, through one of our programs, et cetera, have been able to actually show positive effects that are beginning to have uh, documentable effects, you know, where you can look at A1Cs across the spectrum of a data set and it will actually mean something. So what we all need is more support, I think, you know, more um, money to actually fund initiatives that right now are, are being staffed by a lot of hard work and effort and, you know, need more widespread support. But the people that are benefiting from them, hopefully, are making the lifestyle changes necessary to be able to teach that to someone else. So, you know, it, it has to grow organically. And I do think that we're there. And one of the main reasons for that growth at the moment is because I think SBH, unlike a lot of other places, not has not shied away from combining both, you know, for-profit, not-for-profit. So in the center at any given time, we have like, you know, the head of whatever department working out with a kid that perhaps might not have been able to walk in the door had it not been for a program that made it possible. Albert, can you share maybe one of the specific programs you do? I, sure. I know you have an, a very active boxing program for the patient population. Can yeah. you highlight? So Bragg, Bragg is, a, is a fantastic program. And, you know, unfortunately today, as a matter of fact, I know the hospital is dealing with, uh, you know, someone who got shot. And Bragg um, is directly a program, a program that's involved with people that have been part of violence, either perpetrators or victims of. And we they work with an at-risk population by definition. And there's a program here that was started, you know, a year and a half ago uh, with a bunch of uh, participants to that program. And we're helping them develop uh, you know, their skill sets in a different way. So in that particular case, they're here on Thursdays and Fridays training. And you know, I can genuinely say that those group of kids are no longer in the streets where they were before. And now they have different options and I think a slightly different view of the world. With regards to the HLI program and before that, the Cabrini uh, Foundation that made the, the program uh, that HLI was built off of possible, you know, it offered sort of a, um, the possibility for people to train that had a whole host of problems. You know, not uh, medical problems, high BMIs, high blood pressure. Most of them had were diabetic or pre-diabetic. And almost all of the patients that have gone through the program that have remained in contact with the center and utilized the center are either no longer at risk of the things that they were at risk when they came in to the center or on the pathway to you know, uh, a better health. Um, as individual stories, one that stands out to my mind, there was a woman that uh, one of our trainers here was working with who had to take a, um, you know, oxygen test and was incapable of taking the test because she couldn't breathe out uh, in order to measure her output. And after just three and a half weeks was able to test the test, take the test and pass it. And she just became a member. And then, you know, she's utilizing the center like three or four times a week. So that's what we want. You know, we obviously can't, um, what we try to do in our uh, approach is to have it be as foundational as possible and as much of a learning experience as much, you know, as much as possible, because we know that we're not going to be getting like personal training clients out of this. We want someone that has enough of a foundation to continue on this path. 
and we're here to support that. Robert, it's uh, such an impactful program on your community. It really is just, yeah, that's probably the third time I've heard you explain that program, and it's it gets me chills every time I hear it. It's just such a such an impactful program. Alvin, you've been involved with all of these new projects from the beginning. I wanted to see if you can just talk a little bit about the partnership with HealthFlex Associates and how that's integrated into the, your plans, and at what point did you uh, decide to to reach out and to and get that going and how it's impacted you moving forward. The the, the HealthPlex um, uh, collaboration started from the from the very beginning. So I think uh, when we look at what our patient needs are, um, a lot of them are have, have a more sedentary lifestyle. We look at the prevalence of obesity; it's about thirty six percent. We look at kind of the comorbidities of the issues around diabetes, cardiovascular, and a lot of it are are related to. The, the obesity. So the movement, the exercise, that's that's a very big big component. And so that's something that that was always going to be a core part. Uh, one of the things I liked about working with HealthFlex is kind of pushing for particular things that um, we as a hospital may not be particularly uh, aware about. And 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 one of those um, items was the SICA scale. When the bill came in for like a five, ten, fifteen thousand dollar scale. I'm like, what the heck? A scale costs five hundred dollars. Why do you have to pay so much money? Uh, but but I'm glad that he was persistent. And and what that Sika scale was able to do is it measures the muscle mass, the fat mass, water content, and how they're distributed. And the other part is also it is a, a way to quantifiably measure the kind of the beginning and the end. And one of the projects that Albert had mentioned, that the eight-week healthy living or what Albert had called HLI, um, that was we're able to get a statistically significant reduction in the, um, the, the body mass index for our patients. And that's actually something that's been a game changer for us because when I talk to payers and I talk to funders, they say, oh, yeah, uh, the wellness, many other people are doing it, but how do you show the results? And, and here it is. Here's, we ran, we did a regression analysis, and we showed the data and actually made an improvement. And on top of that, we have the different stories that Dr. Kula mentioned and Albert had mentioned. So that put together was really helpful in, in us getting another year of funding from, from our, our, our partners. And so we also use that as a way to help drive some of the conversations about how the reimbursement can change. And in New York State, the way that funds are, are uh, set is that healthcare funds have to be used in direct patient care, unless you go with a, uh, like a special exception. And in New York, in the, the healthcare industry is called an 1115 waiver. It's kind of a technical term, but essentially it's, it's you're saying that out of the money that's being allocated, you will allow us to use it for different purposes. And so one of the things that we're doing is there's another big waiver coming in that's probably uh, 10 billion, 15 billion or so. So we're, we're having conversations with the state and CMS and, and the city department of health around different ways to utilize that funding. And so I think a big part of that, uh, when you kind of look at it all the way back, was the the push for a SICA scale and having quantifiable numbers. And that's actually something that we we um, really appreciate the persistence that Albert and the team and his team had in, in driving this. Doctor Cool, with you being so involved in like the strategic planning with the hospital, if if a you know neighboring community or hospital in another area similar to yours. Would you recommend, you know, the same path you went with this type of mission-driven project? And have you seen 
you know, direct impact on the, the community? an excellent question. I think Alvin can speak to this as well. I do not know how many tours he's taken multiple organizations on. I think our calendar is booked at least twice a week for the next six months at this rate. Um, and Albert's been a part of that because we would like everyone to speak to what they do and they're the experts. So Albert has been part of every single tour that we've had. We've had multiple health systems that have come by that they have just bought the land or they have the land and they want to start building. They want to see how big it is, what's working, what's not. So I would say absolutely, this is the way to go. I think this is the future of medicine in a sense. I think the future will be there will be acute care for sure. People are going to get sick no matter what you do. But we're not going to see so much of, you know, most of it will be end up being home care. And then the rest of it will be wellness. It should be wellness. It should be how we can make our lives healthier, more fulfilling in that sense. And all of it is, I think, part of our, where our journey is going to be. Other health facilities, other healthcare facilities, again, this is a huge investment. The way it was done, I think it was quite visionary when it was started off five, six, seven years ago, when the first thought was to start something like this. People were like ridiculing it. How are you going to make money off this? How is this going to work? How are you? And they're right. I mean, we are not making money off this right now, but in the future, we hope to. And the beginning is always tough because you have to put it. We were lucky that we were able to have, find those builders who were able to make the shell and we could take the first two floors and make of it what we would like. Um, but it, it is hard for the facilities to do that. And I think something our model would be great for a community hospital to do. Others who are flush with money can probably build their own and, and call it a day. Every community has different needs, I would say. I think building one like this in the Bronx would be different than one in, I know somewhere in the Midwest would be different in California, would be different even in Brooklyn or Queens or Manhattan. Um, Every community's needs are different. And I, I think doing a needs assessment is really key to understand who the pairs are, what the, what, what, what the lifestyles are. In, uh, aside from the health tax, and we, as we know, most of our patients don't have cars here in, in the Bronx. They use public transportation. Um, so to get to the health tax becomes a problem for them because they have to use three buses, two buses, a subway, and then walk. Um, if they're in a wheelchair, it becomes a little bit more difficult for them. They're in walk-up apartments. Sometimes the elevators don't work. So all those things have to be taken into consideration. Um, in Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, in, the, in New York City, different areas might have different kinds of patient populations. So again, a needs assessment is really important before you start something like this. But having said that, I would definitely say this is this is the way to go. We're very lucky that we are ahead of the game, that we have this um a facility and ability in such a gorgeous, I think you can look, I know a podcast um, listeners cannot see the background behind Alvin, but that's the atrium mm -hmm. of our wellness center. It's a huge space when we walk in. Um, back then, the entire line of Third Avenue was basically motor vehicle and tire shops. That's all it was. It got rezoned for what we have. But if you look down the street and behind us, more tire shops and more DMV where you can get your car fixed or inspected. So this is like a gem in the middle of the Bronx, in my opinion. And I, and it's it's a great site. When people walk in, they're just blown away by how big it is and how open it is and what's behind the doors. And we're very, very proud. And I, I would say that every facility, if they could, they should do exactly what we've done. Good. I, I hope you three here and the rest of your team are proud because you use the word, Dr. Cole, visionary. And, you know, I really you know, think that's the case. We were you know, pleased and excited to be part of the project with you guys. And I know, you know, speaking for HealthPlex Associates, you know, we're 
excited about the direction, about the model you've created, and about, you know, your passion for wanting to do what's right for your patient population. And I know that, you know, might sound cliche and all that, but it's, you know, it's really heartwarming when we're in medical wellness. Sometimes we're looking at profit and loss statements as our, you know, metric for success. And your project has really changed that landscape. It said, you know, how can we help that team be impactful on their region? So, uh, you know, again, I want to thank you guys for taking the time out of your busy schedules to come, you know, share your story. And, you know, my parting words would please be proud of what you've done and, you know, your community, I'm sure, you know, they, you can see the thanks by the participation and the, you know, impact. I know Albert has shared with us a lot of, you know, the testimonials and success stories. So um, we, you know, appreciate all you do. We're you know, fortunate to be a partner. Um, anybody have any closing words, Alvin? Just, uh, it, it's been my pleasure to be a part of this and, and share some of the kind of different uh, innovative ideas that, that we're trying out. It's still an experiment, so I'm sure we're going to uh, screw some things up and we'll, but overall, I think we're going to, we're, what we're hearing from our patients that is that we're doing the right thing. We're listening to them. We're making adjustments. And when you have that level of collaboration with the patients as well as with our partners like HealthFlex, I think good, we're looking forward to many, many good things to come. I'd like to just simply also add kind of piggybacking off what Alvin said that I am always uh, like to put things in context and everything that we've been speaking about was done literally at the beginning of COVID. So, you know, there were a lot of sort of like curveballs that were thrown at us uh, repeatedly. So I genuinely think that this year might be the year where that sort of dichotomy between profit and not-for-profit also cross, because I do think that one can't exist without the other in a place like this so that it can actually expand. Because, you know, if you want to go beyond the community and affect other communities like this in the world of today, uh, where, you know, profits do dictate a lot, I do think that being able to show uh, coexistence and, uh, of those two things in one place is important. And that's at least my personal like goal to try to make that uh, possible. That conversation happened in the same place. And if I may add um, to echo what Alvin and Albert said, I think it's all teamwork. We are very, very proud. And I think there's more to come. We will have more ideas. And as Alvin said, yes, we will screw up every now and then. But you know what? It's never a failure when you screw up. We just learn something and move on. And I think with COVID, as Albert said, it was hard. It was very hard. Everything was shut down. We didn't know what we could do, but we persevered. And I think that's the, that's the key here. We we know what's right in our heart. This is the right thing to do. And I think we will be successful because of that. So yes, we are proud. You should be. If you make mistakes by doing what's right for your community, then so be it, right? Uh -huh. yes. Well, hey, thank you so much for your participation with um, this edition of Everything Medical Wellness, um, hosted by Don Doyle and Ryan Barr. And again, best of luck to you guys and uh, look forward to maintaining the partnership. Thank you to our guest from the St. Barnabas Health System for joining us today. We enjoyed learning about the impact you're having on the health and wellness in the Bronx community. If you're interested in learning more about medical wellness, visit our podcast at healthplexassociates.podbean.com. 